0: everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of Winners and Winners Radio. As always, I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm Scott Reichel, co-host and senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together we do make up Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. No whiners, all winners, baby. Scott, NFL full... Full bore preseason games this weekend. How'd you do? You end up okay overall? uh, NFL, I really didn't get that much
1: uh, involvement. I ended up losing one play I gave out over the weekend. Seemed like every single play I took personally won, but that doesn't make anybody feel better at home. So sorry about that. (laughs) Other than that, though, baseball was fine. So overall, had a pretty good weekend. How about you?
0: Good. Oh, not not too terrible. We had a good Good Friday and uh, or excuse me, a good Saturday. But then uh, Sunday was no bueno. So, yeah, kind of hot and cold. A couple of results didn't go our way. Hard to, hard to believe preseason football didn't go the way I, I drew it up. I'm just, I'm stunned. I, I really am. But you know what? It's football. It's, is, it, is it better than not having football to bet on, Scott?
1: I feel like that's a
0: rhetorical question. Well, I mean, because there, there's so much uncertainty. You have to cap it entirely different than you cap the rest of the season.
1: That's definitely not incorrect because, of course, you have all the starters or most of them that are now bench for the entire game or two now. But as a whole, I always liked betting preseason. I like the fact that the coaches don't give you the okie doke They just tell you straight up who's playing and who's not playing. Right. Which I do find reassuring. I'm not going to panic over one loss I gave up publicly. I think as a whole, I know we won the Steelers and the under in the Hall of Fame game. As for the actual weekend, I lost the Jaguars play, which was just frustrating because nothing went right for them. But as a whole, I had a couple unders, and I had the Cardinals' money line against Dallas. So I had a decent preseason weekend. I'm not going to panic with it. I feel like you kind of know what you're going to get with it in the sense that if you recognize the fact you're going to be relying on a bunch of third or fourth stringers who are never going to see the field during the regular season, then you find the preseason betting more tolerable. But if you're expecting to see reliable players right. play serious minutes down the stretch, preseason's not for you.
0: No, and it is. And I always advise my clients to just kind of maybe temper your your unit amounts, maybe maybe dial them back. You know, a full unit or so from what you'd normally play, just because there is so much uncertainty. You know, and you see say that Andy Reid did give us a little bit of the okey doke where he said Mahomes was going to play the entire first quarter. And then Henny was going to play the second and third, and then uh, Gordon and Bouchelle would mop up there in the fourth quarter. That's not how it went down. As Mahomes played one series, and then Henny took pretty much the rest of the first quarter, part of the second quarter, and then we saw Anthony Gordon and Shane Bouchelle. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not appreciating Big Red here. I got, I got to be honest with you. We had the over there. I bet that we probably still should have hit. And it was a, a situation where they put up 35 over it was 38, missed a field goal, two extra points, uh, threw an interception at the goal line, and a terrible no call. And I don't know if you're watching that game, Scott, but there was a a terrible no call when Gordon slid down at about the oh 35 yard line or so, and it was just drilled mid slide, head carpet or field rather, just a horrible shot. It gets called. It gets called ten out of time, 10, 10 out of ten times in the regular season, and that's a that's a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. They missed it. They kicked the field goal instead. That would have been a big point. So yeah, everything that went wrong went wrong for us in that game. So, but we know what we don't want to turn into this. The Scott bitches about his weekend show. It's uh, it was just it was frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. But you know what, Scott? I wasn't the only one frustrated this weekend. There was all kinds of people that were frustrated by the results. There were people that thought they had winners, and they did. They had a winner, Scott, right up until the time they didn't. We've all been there. It's one of the most frustrating feelings in the world. All you can do, you tear your tickets up, then you pick out your phone and call the cops. All right, Scott, let's start in the major leagues, as always. We're taking a look at a Saturday game. This is the Yankees-White Sox. You had eight under 8.5. Pretty good shape. He had to sweat it a little bit, but finally the end of the, the game comes around. You're right where you need to be. It's 4-3 to three, Yankees going into the bottom of the ninth. All they have to do is keep the White Sox from tying it up or winning it. Yeah, they did neither one of those things. White Sox tied the game, sent it to extra innings. Of course, you know by that time it doesn't matter because it's 4-4 four to four and there's nothing good that's going to happen. To keep you under that total, Yankees ended up winning it 7-5, to which is even more frustrating because they could have just won the game in the first place. That ain't how it went down, and if you had the under 8.5 Yankees and White Sox, call the cops, baby. And looking at the other cops, but this one is actually going to be in WNBA.
1: That's right. The women are back on the court, and if you had the under in the Seattle Storm Chicago Sky game, first of all, go to a meeting. Second of all, you were in good shape. You had 158 points in regulation, which means you win because that's less than 160. Wait a minute. I heard that WNBA games do not end in ties. So they went to overtime. Ooh. And uh, there's a reason why they call it overtime, not undertime. That's Game right. One, 172. Rip up your under ticket.
0: Yep. And go ahead and take a drink because uh, we, we said they don't call it. They don't call it under time.
1: Yep. We haven't said that in a long time, though, because baseball doesn't have overtime. They just have extra innings.
0: Right. Very, very true. All right. So, this is a game from yesterday. If you had the Padres Diamondbacks under nine and a half, pretty good shape. They were on uh, six runs going into the eighth inning. Padres got the bats going a little bit yesterday, Scott. I don't know. hmm, Maybe had something to do with somebody rejoining the team, perhaps. But anyway, the Padres... They did score four runs in the top of the eighth, and that was all she wrote. The game ended up eight to two. Your under nine and a half came up a half a run short, but it might have been, it might as well have been 30 runs short because neither one of those tickets are cash. And time for you to call the cops. You mean the
1: return of a brand new outfielder yes. in the midst of San yes, Diego?
0: Yes. Br- they finally got their left fielder. Is he playing left field? Is he? I believe so. Yeah, that would make sense. So. Well, Scott, there was good news to be doled out this weekend. These are the people that had the nice, easy victories, the ones where you didn't have to sweat. I can think of about 14 of them (laughs) that went the right way. But if you had one of these games, one of these nice, easy victories, you got a little time to yourself. You didn't have to sweat it watching the whole game on TV because you were sitting in the rocking chair.
1: So the first one was not actually one game. It was three games, and it involved the Orioles and the Red Sox. If you had the Red Sox on the run line on either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you really only had to watch about, what, two innings? Yeah. Give or take in each game. Yep. Uh, The Red Sox minus one and a half covered easily because they beat the Orioles in each of those three games by at least four runs. Fun times.
0: Scott, can I trot out a stat for you? The Orioles are on an 11-game losing streak. Yep. In that 11 game streak they have given up, are you ready? 104 runs. That is 9.4 <laughs> runs per game over 11 games. That is truly impressive. They have not by the way they've been outscored 100 and they've been outscored 104 to 34, Scott. So they've been outscored by 70 runs over 11 games and they have only come within two runs One time, everything else has been three or more. So just an absolutely dreadful week and a half for the Baltimore Orioles. I'm sure things will get much better as they head down to Tampa Bay for their start of the week series.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, on the bright side for Baltimore, they only gave up six yesterday. So their runs per game allowed actually went down
0: during that streak. Yeah, it did. It actually went down from 9.8 to 9.4. So yeah, baby steps, Bob. So, Scott, if you had the Chicago Cubs, Miami Marlins over seven and a half, like my premium players did on Friday night, that one went pretty well for us. Scott, it was two to one after the first inning. You're right where you need to be. It was four to one after the top of the second. You're like, oh, yeah, we are definitely going to win this game. And then, Scott, the Marlins stepped to the plate in the uh, bottom of the second. They put up 11 runs, Scott. They put up 11 runs in the bottom of the second. At that point, it is uh, now 12-4. to Marlins and the Cubs, well, they wouldn't give up. They would go on to score six more. Marlins put up another two runs. Ends up 14-10, higher than about half the football games this weekend. But if you had the over 7.5 there, you had to watch exactly 1.5 innings plus about four more batters because they did hit a grand slam to put it over the total, and you were sitting in the rockinest of rocking chairs.
1: Well, props to the Marlins because they found a way to win a game that Lazardo started, mm. which I really didn't expect. Put up use. 14
0: runs. That's how you do it. Yeah, they, he
1: still didn't pitch well. No. But anyway, uh, looking at the last rocking chair in yesterday's card, you had the Indians' money line against the Tigers. So You're in pretty good shape when it's six runs in the second inning. Five runs in the third inning, so they're up eleven nothing. And your pitcher has a perfect game through about the first seven innings. That's usually a good sign. Yeah, nobody scored again after the third inning, so you really watched about two hours of nothing. But the Indians won eleven nothing, easy peasy lemon
0: squeezy. There you go. And that is absolutely three excellent examples of sitting in the rocking chair. So Scott, lot of cat, lot of contestants this week for or over the weekend rather for the golden feed Bag. I'm anxious to see who we, who we ended up with here. Let's find out. It's the Monday edition, everybody, of Donkey of the Day. Well, you had to talk me off of Matt Campbell. That was the one that I liked. We, uh, we decided there was plenty of blame to go around in that game. And Dan, honestly, Dan. We, we we knew we'd have more opportunities to make him wear the golden feed bag. So Scott, who's the donkey of the day? Well, first of all, I think you meant Dan Campbell. Or it, what, what did I say?
1: You said you said the Iowa State coach. Oh, Matt
0: Campbell. <laughs> is, is that his brother? No, no, it's not. It's Dan. Good. Dan Campbell. Of, I'm sure at the end of this season, or probably about halfway through the season, uh, Lions fans would much rather have Matt Campbell.
1: I'm sure that's def- I'm sure that's true. But right. anyway. You mentioned football. We're going to stick with football. We're going to be looking at another team. It's actually Donkeys of the day. Ooh, or plural. It could really be an entire franchise because the Atlanta Falcons played over the weekend at home Oof, against uh. the Tennessee Titans. We know Vrabel wasn't going to play anybody. Mm. Tannell didn't play, of course. Derrick Henry didn't play, of course. And you figured Atlanta, maybe a decent chance to win the game. Sure. I know both, both of us had the under, so mm. we definitely enjoyed what we saw. But Atlanta had several months to prepare some form of game plan offensively. And yet the Falcons quarterbacks, Matt Ryan did not play. Age McCarron and Felipe Franks combined went seven for 21 for 21 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. That was the entire game and they were in a dome. Do you have any comments about that? Because that's one of the worst Quarterback displays, probably in a dome stadium, preseason or not, I've ever seen.
0: I wanted to see what their quarterback rating was. I'm assuming Franks wasn't atrocious
1: atrocious because he did have about 70-something rushing yards, so he did manage to move the chains a little bit. But you're telling me that in an entire game following months of preparation, you muster together 21 passing yards at home in a dome stadium?
0: Well, just for just for grins, AJ McCarron's rating was fourteen point six. Okay. I believe that's I believe that's going to be QBR because I mean, this is what ESPN yep. uses. Mm-hmm. So, so I hope for God's sakes, I hope so. That's where, of course, fifty is median. So, fourteen point six, not good. Felipe Franks thirty nine point six. So both of them were far below average. Felipe Franks, the much better quarterback, went two for nine for sixteen yards, Scott.
1: I just mentioned the rushing yeah. yards,
0: but Yeah.
1: Do you have any comments there? I know in the post game, the brand new coach of Atlanta said I'm not going to overreact, but he said it about 6 times in the same press conference. So I'm starting to think he might overreact. Sounds like
0: he's overreacting to me, just saying.
1: Is it I know that it's still early and all, but yes. do you need to find a new backup quarterback? You know, there's <laughs> like, a there's
0: a couple of there's a couple of teams where you can seriously ask that question. That's that's absolutely true. It, you know, the same thing happened up in Minnesota where both quarterbacks there were dreadful. You know, I really thought... We, we had Atlanta in this game. I really thought the Falcons would have the advantage. A.J. McCarron probably has the most experience of anybody. Well, Matt Barkley, but you actually Barkley started more games. A.J. McCarron actually had better stats, so I figured they would have the advantage over Woodside and Barkley. Not the case at all. Felipe Franks, I believed he would be terrible. He was. You know why, Scott?
1: Because he can't throw. Yeah,
0: because he was ter- he was terrible in college. Oh so. uh,
1: well, I mean it's the same thing. We just yeah. expressed it in different words.
0: He didn't he didn't magically get better when he st- when he stepped up a, a, a couple of weight classes to the NFL from the SEC there at Arkansas. So, congratulations on signing your contract, Felipe Franks. I guess you're probably going to be on the uh, third quarterback list all season long. So, yay! Way to go. Please. Keep, I don't know. we can you make an argument that you could have found other
1: options, but 7 for 21 in a dome stadium. I mean that the passing yards speak for itself. Yeah, you know, it's the first home game, everybody's excited. It's awful. So, yeah. I have to mention every time it's in a dome stadium, there wasn't a tsunami. No. Like no. you you can you can throw. You know, it's not a big deal. The conditions were fine.
0: Absolutely true. So, Scott, quick reminder that you everybody we are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour. We'll give you the winners. Oh, Scott. Well, let's do it. Let's uh, talk about a lot of things. A lot of things going on over the weekend. But we want to talk about who might have been a little overserved this weekend, Scott. This is a segment. Sometimes it's the public. Sometimes it's the sharps. Sometimes it's the odds makers. And that's going to be the case today, Scott, because I believe if you take a look at the first. Week of the preseason, the NFL, the odds makers. Well, by God, they were drunk. Just put that anywhere. Well, Scott, we've had 17 games, counting the Hall of Fame game, so far in this uh, in this first week plus of preseason games. A little bit of a trend, Scott. You might be able to spot it if you're real sharp, as we are trained in this business. What's what's the trend we should be on, Scott? Uh, the fact is that the totals are in the mid 30s, they should probably be in the mid teens because
1: the unders are 14 and 3.
0: 14 and 3 are the unders, Scott, and one of those games was a game that I had yesterday. We had the under in the Colts game and yeah, that was one of your overs right there. So that's how that's about how I've been running it took a it took a third down one-handed catch at the goal line and a two-point conversion to beat us, but congratulations they were able to do that. So is there, is there anything you could do? Because, you know, like you said, the, the, the numbers, the totals are probably down 10 to 12, 13 points from where they would be in the regular season. Is that about right? That uh, sounds about right. I mean,
1: you expected a little bit of uncertainty going in when it came to the new preseason schedule. You weren't sure what the coaches' game plans were going to be. You knew that most starters were not going to play in most scenarios, but people weren't sure about the play calling, how conservative it would be. I think people underestimated it obviously because it's a lot of vanilla play calling. We'll see if it expands potentially in the future game, in the future two games or so, but not pretty.
0: Yeah, a lot of games the sweet spot seemed to be about 30 31 to 35. A lot of games landed in that range, of course, most of the totals with the exception of the uh, of the indie game yesterday, the indie Carolina game, most of those totals were around 30 38 to 40. Are we going to see more 34-35, Scott? They have to make that adjustment, don't they? That's the tricky part because on one hand you do.
1: On the other hand, if the starters are actually going to be playing more, maybe a series or two, then you might over adjust to the under and you might see more points in the first half. So it's kind of a tricky spot for odds makers. I think they'll move it down maybe a point or two. But I think you would agree that you should see more starters playing on the offensive side of the ball for some teams, I, and I do think that would lead to more points.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I guess this is going to be the the one game where everybody plays the most, right? Yeah, I'm assuming
1: that you're going to see a decent amount of starters skip game three because that's what they used to do for week four of the preseason. Right? And add it make sure nobody but gets
0: hurt and they make sure you want to you want to fill out those last few roster spots and see what you got.
1: Much so I. Some stars for two, none for three, basically. But once again, the preseason we we enjoy it as betters, fans enjoy it to watch the occasional rookie make a big play. The coaches are increasingly disinterested when it comes to using their actual players in the games because why bother?
0: Well, it's really there's no upside. No, there, there's only there's only downside. There's only you can make
1: an argument the upsides to prepare for the unexpected when it comes to opposing defenses, but that's also a assuming opposing defense are actually be running the normal coverages, which, which they're not. And B the fact is that you can practice with your own team. Like people underestimate how often these guys practice besides the actual games they might play. I'm sure they'll be fine if they skip all three preseason games.
0: Yeah. Although they are limited in the amount of contact practices here with the last contract. So they, there is that, but
1: yeah, but you don't want your star players to get hit anyway.
0: So here's – correct. Now, here's the question. Are we going to have a situation like we had last season where they had when they had no training camp, no preseason games, um, and, and, the, and the first part of the season was just awful? Just The football was just about unwatchable. Lots of unders came in. Are we going to have the same situation, or are these guys going to get enough reps where they can at least have a somewhat decent product on the field the first week of the season?
1: All I know is that for week one, you might be tempted by the occasional over. I'm looking at primarily unders okay. for totals. Right. You?
0: Yeah, I th- I think so. Until until further notice, until I see how well they're going to play, I think that's going to be a trend. I think there's going to be mistakes. I think, especially if you look for teams with a lot of new guys at the spill, uh, skill positions and new skill positions, coaches or head coaches or coordinators, I think – all that is going to have a hard time coming together by the first the time the first week rolls around. So, we'll see, Scott. And speaking of week one, who who'd you like? Who who did you think? Who surprised you? Did you see the Trey Lance? Did I mean at, at the end of the day, his stats weren't that great. Did make some nice throws, scrambled scrambled out of scrambled out of trouble a couple times. Who had who had the best? Was it Justin Fields? Was that was you, do you think that's who had the best performance?
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to make a short list, I think Fields has to be on there. I'm still going to laugh when Nagy rolls Dalton out there for the first three weeks of the season for no reason. That's going to be pretty funny. But if you want to stick with rookies or just overall main contributors instead of focusing on who dominated the second half of a meaningless game, which I'm not going to do. I'm sure there are a couple of guys who did well in the second half of games, but I'm sure nobody was watching. Looking at the overall landscape, I thought the rookie quarterbacks played really well. I know you mentioned uh, Lance, who I thought was pretty good. I know the stats weren't that great, but I thought he had flashes. We talked about how Fields was great. I thought Mac Jones looked comfortable. I thought Zach Wilson looked comfortable. I thought the main rookie quarterbacks all looked pretty good in their own right, and I feel like that was a pleasant surprise for their fan bases.
0: Agreed. Do you think that continues once they start seeing – Defenses with a little flavor, Scott, once they start seeing those Rocky Road instead of vanilla defenses, do you think that makes a little bit of a difference?
1: Yes, but I don't think you're going to actually see those extremely difficult defenses until the regular season because we just talked about how coaches might be ironing out the kinks a little bit, but... Is there really a point in running your normal defense if none of your starters are going to play? No,
0: you don't. And, and even if they do play, you don't want to put any of that stuff on tape that the people, the teams are going to be able to get a read off of, especially if you've done anything different, if you got a new DC, something like that.
1: Yeah, you play soft on the outside, primarily zone coverage, and you give up the underneath stuff.
0: Yeah, you have you have very vanilla blitzes. You don't you don't do a lot of stunts and twists and and funny stuff like that. You leave that all for the regular season. So. Yeah, Fields, very, very good night for for Justin Fields. 14 of 20, one touchdown, no interception. He did run the ball five times for 33 yards,
1: rushing touchdown.
0: Are they jumping off the buildings in Denver yet, Scott? For pa- Denver, for passing on Justin Fields?
1: Oh, uh, no, because apparently they look good in the first preseason game. No, I'm joking, but. I know Locke actually had a big completion for like 80 yards and a touchdown, but as a whole, no, I, I think that Elway, we'd agree, shouldn't be with the organization anymore is because he, he's
0: still so he's still got some sort of role. I know he's not GM anymore, but what did he got promoted? What, is that what they, is failing upward? Is that they made him president? I thought or, that's what happened to him. I'm sure. I mean, they can't they can't cut ties with him. They just they can't let it go.
1: He, he won a he won a Super Bowl with them. Then again, he lucked into getting Peyton Manning, which usually helps out in the end. But yeah. besides that, you look at the list of quarterbacks that he's acquired. Oh. Osweiler, uh, Tebow, of course. You, you couldn't you couldn't
0: begin to do it, Scott.
1: I was trying to remember the Memphis quarterback they drafted that's out of the league now. I'm drawing a blank on his name.
0: Yep, that guy. Really,
1: really tall white guy. I forgot what his name was.
0: They had um... – who they go? they they traded the Bears straight up when they sent him Cutler? They Paxton sent... Lynch. It was oh, Pac- that's right. Paxton Lynch. Yep. Is what of. Yep. And then they sent who the Bears send? Who they have for the uh, Orton? I and mean, it's been awful.
1: Uh, I was trying to remember if Elway was there for that or not, but that was a while back. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not
0: good. well. Yeah, Elway was definitely there for sending uh, Jay Cutler.
1: Either way, point is yep. is that Elway's gambled a lot on quarterbacks, and they've failed pretty much dramatically. Besides Peyton Manning, yep. So I don't expect Denver to look good in the regular season, despite winning against Minnesota in a blowout in the first preseason game. Yep.
0: Hot take. Totally. Yeah. To- totally agree. Anybody? Anybody? You're anxious to see Week Two and see if they continue it.
1: I feel like the rookie quarterbacks are going to kind of stay the same because I don't really expect many defense to throw adjustments. When it comes to anything else, it's mostly just monitoring some guys or starters who skipped the first preseason game. So I'm not really going to give you a definitive name, but it's like what before the odds might be unavailable to adjust. I just want to see any starters who didn't play in the first preseason game who might play in this one and just see how they look in
0: game shape. Okay. You? Yeah, th- I think I think that's right. It was it was kind of fun to watch. A couple of those guys play and realize the speed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, of course got to see the entire uh, Chiefs game and got to see Trey Lance, and and you could tell a couple of those times he's used to taking a couple of steps to the right and you know totally freeing himself up to be able to step into the throw, and that wasn't the case. There was either somebody right on his heels or somebody right in front of him. That, uh, let's be honest, got at North Dakota State, they probably wouldn't have been there.
1: I'll tell you what, the fat, the one most impressive guys I saw from a speed perspective. Actually, two Cardinals because I watched the Friday night game with the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Rondo Moore I thought looked really good. Rookie wide receiver out of Purdue. I thought Chase Edmonds looked really good. Yeah. I didn't see James Conner, so I'm not exactly sure what the breakdown's going to be when both of them are active. Chase Edmonds looked like a blur out there. He looked at the past.
0: Well, I would say if what I noticed, if the past is any indication, James Conner will get way more carriers than he should.
1: And then get injured by week five. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but not injured enough to miss the season. Just injured enough to miss a game or two and then not be nearly as good as he was at the beginning of the season. Pretty much. Well, Scott, there let's talk about let's talk about the little good news piece, a little palate cleanser here. Tyler Gilbert, 27-year-old Diamondbacks rookie, spent many years, many years in the minor leagues. Scott, he threw a no-hitter in his first start. For the Diamondbacks, I might add. So they actually were able to score a run or two. Was, that's what's amazing is it didn't go to extra innings tied Nothing, nothing. He was the first player to do so. Scott, did you know the answer before I wrote this one down? No. Bobo Hilliman, everybody. Bobo Hilliman for the 1953 St. Louis Browns, one of the all-time terrible franchises. Do you, remember, I, do you remember that performance? Do I remember? I do not remember Bobo Hilleman. But uh, funny story with Bobo, he was pretty much knocked around for the rest of the season, knocked around the next season, out of the league by the end of the next year. So That's kind
1: of similar to the Vandermeer
0: story, because he's got the two no-hitters, but historically, he wasn't a good pitcher. Yep, ab- absolutely true. So Gilbert, really great story. He was a Rule 5 minor leaguer, which there's three levels of the Rule 5 draft. In the, the minor league level, you don't have to have him on the major league roster. You can put him in any level that you want to. That's what they did with him. They'd had him down in Triple A Reno all season long. Probably brought him up to the big club. He made a couple of release, relief appearances. I think he made three relief appearances. Had been very good. And then he goes out and tosses the no-no, Scott. So you see that game. If you saw the clips, you saw the highlights, you saw his dad's reaction. He was absolutely pumped up. Is this the best story of the weekend? I don't know
1: what's better than that story. It's got to be. I mean, that's something that you make a movie about. Yep in like 10 years or so yep. and that really, like I didn't make it but that's a great story there's really not much more to it. no
0: I the think father
1: being in attendance makes it an even better story for the emotional aspect but even if the parents weren't there that's still a ridiculous event
0: oh absolutely absolutely I just thought the dad just he was so I, I could I could see myself because you know I went to the all the kids played sports and you get so wrapped up in it, Scott. It is—it's unbelievable how wrapped up you are. You know, you watch—if you watch those little league videos, the parents screaming at the umpires. You go, "What kind of moron would ever do that?" And yet, you get yourself there, eight-year-old, eight-year-old softball or coach pitch game. You're like, "What are you doing, Blue? That's a terrible call. What's the matter?" And you—you—and at the end of the day, your wife looks at you, goes, "What the hell was the matter? Well, he wasn't making a terrible calls. I can't even. I can't. So to see a dad's reaction like that, as a dad, it was it was an extra. That was an extra heart to me. An extra shot in the heart. That was it. Was pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed, Scott. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of basketball news. Scott Jalen Green has a hamstring injury. Jalen Suggs has a finger injury. Summer league. What are we doing? What are we doing with these guys? Do we do we worried about this? I mean. We... Why, why are these guys playing in the Summer League? Scott, can you tell me that? Well, it's mostly just for the reps, obviously, because you can win
1: a Summer League trophy, that, but nobody cares. Right. It's a matter of getting them, I'd say, acclimated to other NBA talent or potential NBA talent while also introducing them to some members of the coaching staff through games. I mean, some actual coaches will coach on the sidelines. Others have Summer League specialists who coach during the summer league, but their assistance during the course of the season. So I think it's mostly just getting them into the routine, trying to get them into some familiarity with the organization, while also getting them into some familiarity with the coaching staff. All right, so I wanna... understand the idea. And of course, some freak injuries happen. Jalen Suggs, if you watched him play, we know that he's a very aggressive player, doesn't hide really from contact ever. So I'm not surprised that he might have suffered an injury because he was. Trying to heavily contest a shot, or he was going at the rim against a bunch of seven footers. I'm not surprised. The Jalen Green one's maybe a bit concerning because of the hamstring injury. But then again, can you really ever prevent the hamstring injury when you're going at full speed at any time?
0: Well, I'm, let me, and I'm going to talk a little bit more on the other side of the break here. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and I want to, I want to ask Scott a couple of probing questions here. Stay tuned, everybody. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you
1: going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating.
0: Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winners?
1: What's winners and winners?
0: Exactly. So, what do you tell them?
1: I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need.
0: Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, numbers, numbers but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use Winners and Winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about Winners and Winners?
1: It's absolutely free to
0: use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winners and Winners com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see? That wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure.
1: You're still getting none of my fries.
0: What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude. It's It's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them. them... Oh, man. That's brutal. All right. Fine. Seriously, though. Winnersandwhiners.com go there, or be square. All right, guys, welcome back to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, we'll give you the winners. Now it's 30 minutes, that's all we ask. we've, We've cut our demands in half, Scott, so... Here's my question. So you know, it was, it was kind of rhetorical when I said what you know, what are we doing? I mean, obviously they're getting all of those things. They're getting exposed to the coaching staff. They're getting a little better level of competition, but they've got a hell of an investment in these guys. Is it is it really worth it? And do they need to limit their minutes, or is there anything they can do to keep their stars healthy? Because you know nobody's going to care if you won a summer league championship, or if you came in second and you can't start the season in October. So I know
1: I know that you're asking the question just in as a generalization on whether or not rookie should play a lot. I think we'd agree that the Jalen Green injury is pretty just unfortunate because of the hamstring issue. Right. Can you really prevent that? besides just not having them on the court because you can get a hamstring injury in practice
0: depends on who you listen to scott there are some trainers that will tell you well every trainer will tell you that they have the best program to avoid hamstring injuries obviously there's a lot of them that are wrong because you know anecdotally it almost seems are we seeing more hamstring injuries or am i crazy i think
1: it's possible i definitely think that they've been around which one is possible long scott long. am i, I am know.
0: i am i crazy or more hamstring injury enter- injuries I'm or, saying or both. both.
1: I think, I think they're both possible. <laughs> okay. But I remember growing up, they used to tell you the importance of stretching, right? To try to prevent hamstring injuries. I'm sure these guys stretched before the game, and they still got injured hamstrings.
0: Do you know that there's a whole school of thought that there's been research, there's some studies that show stretching has no benefit? You I have see? actually heard that. I, I I can't believe it's true. As somebody who's played sports, I know you've played sports warming up stretching getting those muscles loose it seems so much it, it almost seems like a no-brainer that you're going to have a better performance than if you just came in cold but the guys there's there are some groups that have done research that says it's not true i'm personally i would keep stretching
1: i am a fan of stretching anyway because when you're on a team it makes you feel productive yeah even if you're not playing you might as well stretch to be a bench warmer you know
0: otherwise otherwise you just look silly for all that time when you're just standing around on the field before the game you got to have something to do Pretty much. So, all right. So, nothing, nothing to do. Just unfortunate. Just a couple of hamstring injuries, think, which we agree happens. And we, you tell Jalen Suggs not to be as aggressive. I mean, uh,
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't change the mentality of these guys are. You want them to keep it, but at the end of the day, I think the one thing maybe that the teams could do, rest them a bit more. Maybe play them every other game. I also think the summer league's too long. I get you want to evaluate your talent, but you have several, you have several summer league games and then you go into the Summer League bracket. Do we need this many games before the bracket?
0: In a, in a league that really no one cares about? I mean, can you tell me, I know you are a massive sports fan who watches NBA like a hawk. Can you tell me who won the Summer League last year, or did they not have it because of COVID?
1: They didn't have it because of COVID. Okay,
0: do you know who won it in 2019?
1: I want to say Sacramento, but that might have been a couple of years ago. I'm actually not even well, sure. Well, that
0: was a couple of years ago, so. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm just, and here's my question. I don't know either. I, I, I wasn't trying to do a gotcha. I was just kind of proving a point that I don't think anybody watches the NBA closer than you do, and yet you're like, I don't know, probably Sacramento. Here's my, here, you can here.
1: actually, you can actually bet it. I saw that draft. And I know the odds can. on the summer league champion.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna say I know you can bet it game to game, but let me ask you this: Does it ever, is it ever an indicator of what kind of season the team is going to have? Absolutely not. So, I mean, you mentioned Sacramento winning it. And if they didn't win it, obviously, you had it in your mind that they did really well. So I'll certainly grant you that if they didn't win it. And I don't recall Sacramento going deep in the playoffs that year.
1: Fun fact, the Kings won in 2014. Uh, The Grizzlies won in 2019. There was no Summer League in 2020.
0: Another team that made a fantastic playoff run there in the 19-20 season. Terrific. Oh, yes. I, I remember that Grizzly team. No, I don't. No, they did nothing. It means has has it ever has the summer league champion ever turned into the regular champion? No, because you know the the Royals were the the, the kings of spring training, and yet actually, the, didn't the, carry it through. Says the
1: Warriors in 20, says the Warriors won in twenty fourteen. So I'm not actually sure if they did sweep there. Okay. But, uh, as a as a general rule of thumb, no, the teams that win the summer league are usually bad.
0: You guys get any money for playing the summer league? Because I'm assuming everybody on the, on the team doesn't go to the team. It doesn't make the team, obviously.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that Summer League's more of a tryout to actually get a contract with the current team you're on.
0: What do you think they make, grand a week or so?
1: Yeah, maybe, give mm-hmm. or take. But they're all looking for that contract to make the roster that most of them won't get. I'm aware.
0: Yeah, I just I just yeah. wonder what they were getting in the interim time. So, Well, Scott, we mentioned a little bit earlier, big day yesterday in baseball for Fernando Tatis Jr. Came back. Scott, he was—he'd been missed a little bit, and he—he uh, he bopped not one but two around trippers yesterday. And a quick look at the MVP odds there in the in the major leagues, minus two eighty for the National League MVP. Is he a lock, Scott? Do the Padres have to do anything? Do they have to make the playoffs? Do they have to Do they have to win a series? Do they have to even show – they can they can they totally fail fail down the stretch and not make the playoffs at all and he can still win it?
1: See, that's the thing is that Tatis and DeGrom were so far ahead of, of everyone else about a month ago. And then, of course, DeGrom is probably out for the year. I mean, he had a setback the other day, so he's got no shot to win it, obviously. There's really nobody else in contention. I mean, you can talk about Tatis. You can talk about Harper. But if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, how is Harper supposed to win the MVP? That was the only narrative that he had going for him, right? Uh, Max Muncie, I think, is worth a shot because, of course, he's been fantastic. He had two home runs yesterday. I guess the question that I'm wondering is that Tatis has missed time, and San Diego struggled without him. But with him, of course, they've been very good. That obviously doesn't factor in, even though the title is most valuable. I wouldn't say he's a lock because he gets injured all the time. But do you think San Diego needs to make the playoffs for him to win? Because I don't think he does after Trout won it all those times and the Angels were terrible. Correct. Tatis he is the best player in the National. So, here's, I'll say it's fair.
0: Here's the deal. There's a couple of guys that transcend their teams and their team contribution. Mike Trout's one of them. Obviously, he is so much head and shoulders above everybody else. It doesn't matter what the Angels do. And Tatis is another guy who has reached that position. Now, is he as deserving of it as Mike Trout? No, he's not. Not yet. But he is a guy that you see on the posters, you see on the commercials. He's one of the few, one of the three or four faces of Major League Baseball. He's got a little extra juice when it comes to this, Scott. So he has the recognition. He has the visibility that normally teams that play on the West Coast and don't make the playoffs really don't get to enjoy. Because, let's face it, you're not watching many San Diego Padres, Colorado Rockies showdowns there. That start at you know whatever ten eleven thirty Eastern time. So,
1: well, it's the same argument with the Heisman Trophy in the Pac twelve. Absolutely, because they lose out on voters because nobody watches the play.
0: Yep, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely true. I agree. So, uh, for the record, I say Tatis the Padres do not have to make the playoffs, but they will. And Tatis most likely will be your MVP. The only way to the only way to fade him right now is through an injury, Scott.
1: Yep, I agree. I think if Tatis stays healthy, it's his award.
0: Right, and you know it's, and it's getting close to the end of the season where you know earlier in the year when Degrom had been nicked up and everybody's jumping on him, and I'm saying not so fast. I I wouldn't bet that much money just against him being injured. There had been some red flags, but Tatis, we're coming down the home stretch. What do we have? Five weeks left, yeah, roughly five take. five, I mean, course, five and now, six weeks
1: by end of September. So that sounds about right.
0: Right. So. Yeah, I think he's going to be able to stay healthy for the remaining time and uh take care of business with this reward. And it and it really really plays right into the narrative that he came back first game, two home runs, boom boom. That's going to be on Sports Center on Sunday night. That's going to be on the, running the, the narrative all week long. So, yeah, he really did a good job as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. So, All right, well, we do have some baseball. Scott, we have a little bigger card than we had last Monday when we had just five games. We do have ten games. None of them, none of them are early games. Scott, we're going to get a chance to get involved in all these contests, uh, including a pretty big battle there in the NL East, or at least... At least a big battle for one of the teams, Scott, as the Atlanta Braves score off with the Miami Marlins down there in Fishtown. Don't disrespect them. The first-place Atlanta Braves. First-place Atlanta Braves. My bad. And, you know, I, I, I was vaguely aware of that since I do have a futures ticket on them. So mm-hmm. I'm happy with the recent developments of the Braves. This one opened up at minus 135. It's been all Braves, pretty much minus 150 at this point. Eight and a half is your total juice to the under. Tukey Toussaint goes for the Atlanta Braves against Garrett. I believe it's uh, I can't think it's B. It's not Brian. It's not Brad because that was he was on. I think he it's was Bruce, on. isn't it? Bruce Garrett sounds right. I know Brad Garrett was on Everybody Loves Raymond. So yes, Bruce Garrett sounds right. It doesn't it? Doesn't really matter at the end of the day, Scott. It's it's B Garrett and it's Tuki Toussaint. So. We've seen kind of a mixed bag out of uh, Tuki Toussaint this year. Scott had two fantastic starts to begin the season. Of course, the season for him began to begin roughly the third week in July. He'd been on the shelf fighting injuries. Finally, got healthy.
1: It's Braxton Garrett, by Braxton the way.
0: Braxton Garrett. That's right. I was actually I like
1: Bruce more, but that's just me. I was
0: actually looking that up. It is Braxton Garrett. Absolutely correct. So t- Toussaint came out, made two starts, gave up one run in each of them. And you're like, oh, my God, Tukey Toussaint's really good. And then he came out and got shelled. Three-plus three, three plus innings, gave up six, seven runs, just, just was awful. And then last couple games, he's kind of been back to where about where you'd think he would be, giving up four and runs and 10-plus innings. So what are we going to see out of Mr. Toussaint here in this game, Scott? Is it, is it going to be another case where Miami just brings up another pitcher that you've never heard of and they're fantastic, or is that party pretty much over and it's going to be the better team taking care of business here.
1: I think it's the better team taking care of business. I know of course Miami has won four in a row, three are against the Cubs. So I'll count those as half victories each time. Cubs are so
0: bad. They man. really are. Like
1: Wow. They're bad. It's almost but like,
0: it's almost like they got rid of everybody they could hit.
1: It's really almost like that and pitch now that you put it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not going to overreact to it. The Braves are playing really well. Uh, Believe the Braves have won. What is it? Ten of twelve,
0: I think. Yes, that is correct.
1: Yeah, so they've been playing well, even without Acuna. Freeman's stepped up. Swanson's been nuts over the last couple of days. And I'm a big Austin Riley guy. I still like the lineup. Solaire's done pretty well for them too. You can make an argument. You're not a bit too sunk guy. I think Garrett's very good. Either. In fact, he's so good. I didn't even know his first name. Or I forgot his first name. I'll go with Atlanta. I just think they're the better overall team
0: by far. You? Yep. Garrett's one of these guys, if you look at the surface numbers, they're not that bad. His ERA isn't terrible. But man, he is he is an absolute beneficiary of some good first order luck, Scott. And that, that just simply means the order that the hits and the walks come in because he gives up uh, 11.9 hits per nine. He walks 4.1 batters per nine. That ain't good. That means you're giving up 16 base runners per game. That's going to keep the old whip up there. So there's a lot of luck that he's had so far as far as getting runners to score. And I think the I think that the chickens are going to come home to roost sooner rather than later. I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta put up a couple of crooked numbers on Braxton Garrett in this one. So I'm I'm with you. I, there's there's no way to take the fish here. The fish have been playing better. They've scored they've scored a few mo- few more runs lately. But the Braves, they're playing good baseball right now. They're a good baseball team. I think they they have that first place in their grasp. They're not going to give it up uh, without yep. a fight.
1: I, I agree. But I'll ask you about one game that I'm kind of curious about. All right. It involves the Padres and Tatis, who we just talked about, and the Rockies. You have Weathers against Sanzatella. Totals at twelve. I can't take the under. Do you like the over there?
0: I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be a pass on that one. I know you're not, I know you're not a Ryan Weathers guy, are you?
1: He's terrible. Do you? Uh, There's really not much else I can add. Sanzatella has been awful this season as well. Can you show me on the, the,
0: can you show me on the doll where Ryan Weathers hurt you, Scott? Why don't you like Ryan Weathers? He's
1: just bad. I mean, there's really not much else to add. If you get shelled by the Marlins of all teams, you got yourself some problems. But Weathers going through the last couple of starts, last three starts. Four innings, eight runs, three innings, six runs, four and two thirds, six runs, and four innings, eight runs are mentioned, was against the Rockies. So I think he could be getting shelled in this one. Meanwhile, Sanzatella against Tatis and Company. I expect runs as well. Colorado cannot hit on the road, but at home, they can hit a lot. Yeah. I think you'll see a lot of runs.
0: So you like you, the you like the over there?
1: I have to. I mean, Weathers is so bad and is not good. Plus, we know the bullpen for Colorado's a joke. Is San Diego's bullpen also not a gas can at times because it is. I think this totals too low. I think one of these teams should score eight or nine runs. It really wouldn't surprise me.
0: Okay, all right, and yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not a big Sensatella guy. I know that I know he was hurt early in the season. He he came back first week in August. He's made two starts. He's given up seven runs over 10 and two-thirds, just one of those were at home. And his home appearance against the Cubs, against the Cubs, uh, I'm saying to the Cubs, gave up four earned in four and two-thirds, including seven hits, one walk. So not ideal. I think you're absolutely right. There could be some runs in that game. Maybe be patient. See if it'll creep down to 11 and a half.
1: Maybe. I doubt it. I think if you want to go from a plus-price play, I'm tempted to take Tatista Homer. <laughs> i feel like that's a decent option isn't it
0: i would think so i would you got you got any odds in front of you for that
1: uh no they usually don't upload it the night before but as a whole tatis kills everybody against the rockies and cores he fares very very well oh
0: that's not surprising somehow it should not be
1: surprising but it's a fact
0: okay <laughs> well I don't, I don't hate that and um How about Rich Hill and Kevin Gausman, Scott? What do you got there? I like the first five under.
1: Gausman, I know we've talked about lately, kind of struggling a bit, but the Mets got killed again yesterday. They're completely falling apart. Meanwhile, I actually kind of like Rich Hill. He's had a good year. I know at the Mets' numbers are mediocre, but I think he has flash. and I do think, of course, at night in the West Coast, in San Francisco, I do think that bodes well for the under, but – if Hill can limit the amount of home runs given up, because that's all the Giants do for runs, I think you'll see a low scoring game. I'm looking at the first five under. All
0: right, yeah, I'm not a Hill's. Hill's a guy that's not hasn't been, wasn't wasn't great down there for Tampa, right? He
1: was very very good for about a month or two, and then he kind of regressed a little bit. But as a whole, I think he was pretty good on Tampa.
0: Well, he really hit the wall about the, the, the middle of June. He'd he'd been outstanding yep. up until that point. And he was very good his last start out against Miami Scott. Five innings pitched, mm-hmm. no earned, just three hits. And that's a- the
1: thing about Hill though. He's guaranteed to give you five.
0: Yeah. Nothing more,
1: nothing less. That's, I'll take the first five under.
0: Yeah, that's pretty true. He hasn't he hasn't gone more than five since the 29th of June. So yeah. all right. I think I think that's solid. What else you got to look you're looking at? Um looking at uh, with
1: against Keichel. I know that Chicago has been good at home this season. I really wasn't impressed with them over the weekend against the Yankees. I know they won the field, the dreams game. I know you can roast Kimbrell. What's going on with Liam Hendricks right now? Cause he's been awful over the last like
0: week and change. I don't know what's going on with either one of those guys. Both of both of them are allegedly good re- relievers, right?
1: Uh, yes. Now Oakland of course did end up losing two out of three over the weekend to Texas, so that's not exactly a good look. But Montes and Keuchel, I wouldn't say they're similar stylistically, but they're both inconsistent in their own right. I think Oakland, being a little bit of a dog, it's roughly pick em, But Keuchel can get shelled every now and then. It's mostly just fading Chicago's bullpen. Because if you don't have your setup guy or your closer pitching well, I can't really back you to win games, can I?
0: You would think that one of those two areas you're going to have to have some performance out of, right?
1: Yeah, plus the White Sox went to the bullpen really early yesterday because Giolito only went four innings. Right. So the bullpen should be gassed. I think that bodes well for Oakland.
0: Okay. Any interest in the Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds behind Cubs behind Steele? And uh, Jack Steel. I think it's Jack Steele. What a, gr- what a great name, by the way. It's a great name. Uh, it's either Reds or Pass. Like, Can you really
1: bet the Cubs? You
0: can't. You can't. You can't. You can play the under. Nine is the total team total. I wouldn't
1: even bother. Score ten <laughs> runs. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm just gonna go with the Reds run line. I'm not a big Wade Miley guy, but at the end of the day, Chicago invents ways to lose games. They can't hit. They can't pitch. And they can't field. I'll take the Reds at home to score seven runs or so. Plus, Votto owns this team this season. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a big game in this one.
0: Dodgers, as it sits right now, Scott, they have not named a starter. It was going to be David Price. I don't know if they're just playing games or if there's been a setback, if he's not actually going to make the start. But if if you go to DraftKings right now, it is minus 380 for the Dodgers without a starter. What? How much do they hate Steven Beralt? I don't think it's games. If
1: If the Dodgers are playing games leading up to a game against the Pirates, you need to fire the manager you got to have more confidence in your team, man. You just scored 14 runs yesterday. Oh,
0: there's more reasons than that to fire the manager.
1: <laughs> well, Brault's going to be an opener, I believe. Like, I don't think he's going to pitch that much. He'll probably pitch about four or five, but he really hasn't gone on much length. Maybe opener's not the right word, but kind of like an Aiken length kind of guy, where I'll give you three or four, maybe five if you're lucky. doesn't matter who's pitching for the Dodgers, because I kind of agree with the line. I'm surprised the Orioles are still in the – ones or if not like plus plus two hundreds. You can put any team at minus four hundred against the Orioles, and I wouldn't blame you. But Pittsburgh against the Dodgers, I can't take Pittsburgh. I mean, what do, I, I can't. This team stinks. What? You don't like you don't like Pittsburgh now? I I, I, I can't. I feel like Pirates fans don't even like Pittsburgh.
0: No, I, 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 I get that same impression as well. They're they're they've been and they've been equally bad at home and on the road. They're 18 and 41.
1: They're consistently the, terrible.
0: Uh, here's as far as meaningless stats go. I'll, I'll give you this one, Scott. Pittsburgh one and nine on Mondays. Wow. You know, when you give me a Monday stat, that actually is a little more meaningful than like a Tuesday or a Saturday stat. It, 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 only in the fact that it means that they don't play very well coming off of travel.
1: Do you mean your last ten Mondays? Because how they only played ten Mondays.
0: It, that's it, that's what it says for this season, that they played 10 Mondays.
1: You're saying season started in April. How, how do they only have 10 Mondays? Well, they
0: maybe had some Mondays off. That's, a, you know, Mondays and Thursdays are going to be your days off.
1: Okay, sure. I'm I don't just know. Saying. I feel like they should have played more. Either way, that's not good. I don't think days of the week matter. I think Pittsburgh no. might get on They might get on the plane and go, do we really have to do this again?
0: <laughs> yeah. They're... Maybe we should switch sports. There's really – it's one of those things where if you wanted to find trends, you could just read trends all day. They're they're terrible on Mondays. They're terrible against left-handers. They're terrible at night. They're playing terrible against teams with a winning record. Uh, they're te- terrible against teams with a winning record in the second half. Nothing to like there. You, I, I don't know. What, what do you play, Dodgers team total over there? You want? To, I'm not going to lay 380.
1: You go Dodgers, you, can, you go Dodgers team total. You can copy what I did with the Red Sox yesterday. Just take minus two and a half.
0: Yeah, if you can find just an alternative run line. Out. Yeah, and yep. that's – but you're going to – Minus two and a half is still going to be it's minus, minus 150. Probably. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I don't hate it anyway. All right, very good. Well, Scott, we have reached the point of the show. It is just about the end, my friend. We've made it through another Monday. Congratulations. Only time for one thing, and one thing only. That's where we put our heads together and come up with our very favorite play of the day. We had some definite ones to choose from, Scott, but at the end of the day... We have, uh, we have narrowed it down to just one. So put on those overalls. Cock your straw cap just a little bit over there to the right. Climb up on that John Deere and get ready to bet the farm.
1: So, unlike the weekend, how do hopefully we, how, this how, one doesn't get rained out. I was going to say, how do we do? Yeah, it got rained out. We don't really have anything to recap.
0: Farmers need the rain, Scott.
1: Yep, farmers need the rain. But anyway, transitioning over to the farm play for today, we're looking at the Indians and the Twins, and we like the first five under 5.5 at minus 120 on DraftKings. Cal Quantrill been very good since the All-Star break last month, 36 innings, 1.25 ERA. Griffin Jacks pitching for Minnesota last month, 20 and one-third innings, 2.66 ERA, so both starters have been very good. Winds blowing in slightly at about 11 miles per hour. And the under is 36-15-3 and three in the last 54 meetings in Minnesota. We think five and a half is ridiculous. We like the first five in the spot.
0: Just like those hippies out in Colorado, Scott, that number's a little high. I don't, uh, yep. I, I just, I, there could be some bullpen meltdownage coming. But yeah, Quantrell, is that one of the more surprising pitchers here lately? I did not
1: expect him to have the second lowest ERA since the All Star. Right, in the Con-
0: converted race. bullpen guy, and, and not even a long guy out of the bullpen. Usually, a guy that would usually going to be your setup guy there in the seventh or the eighth. Griffin Jacks. If you watch this kid, you're like, I don't understand it, but he's got he he's got location, Scott. He doesn't have a lot of velocity. Doesn't... Like a
1: Wade LeBlanc kind of pitcher.
0: Yeah, very very similar. So he's he's been good. I underestimated him a couple times coming out of the gate, and he ended up beating me. We're going to back him in this one. I like this play. The wind is blowing. Like you said, it's going to be no help to right-handers at all. It's going to be blowing everything foul and in your face. So we do like the first five under five and a half. That's a great number, by the way. Minus 120 at DraftKings. So that's going to do it for our Bet the Farm play for this Monday. And that's going to do it for Winners and Winners Radio. One down, four to go this week, guys. We appreciate you listening. As always, you can check us out on our YouTube channel if you want to see how it looks behind the scenes when we do it. You wanted to, If you're on the go and you can't listen to us on the radio, don't forget to download the show on your favorite podcast platform, including Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. And for myself, for my partner Scott Reichel, for the whole team over here at com. thanks very much for being part of the show today. We appreciate you guys. Take care. Good luck on all your plays. And we'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.